Welcome to Bailing, Scaling and Barbecue, where the boys talk about hunting, fishing and cooking. Now to your host, Lawson White. G'day guys, how are we all today? Um, I've had a, a few weeks off, I've, I've been very busy with family and this COVID-19, so I hope we're all safe during this COVID, and I've got a very special guest today, the Wild Bushman, Alex Fullerton. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, Lawson. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good. I'm, I'm excited to get you on. I'm, I'm happy you, you answered the phone, and we're, uh, we're going to talk about some hunting. And um, I'm <laughs> yeah, sick. No I'm sick of talking and hearing about bloody flus and colds and um, COVID nineteen shit. So I'm, I'm ready to talk about some hunting. So, so where are you, Alex? Whereabouts? Can you, can you tell us? Start us off where, where you are. Don't tell us exactly where you are. You know, we don't want to. No, So you're a, a North Queensland lad at the moment. Um, where, where where did you come from? Where because obviously um, for guys who haven't who don't know the Wild Bushman. Head on to his Instagram. You'll see some pretty wicked uh, pictures. Um, Alex has got a, a very wild range of... Uh, you're a bit of a conservationist. You're a bit of a, a meat eater. A beer drinker. Got a, a, wicked, a, wicked, uh, a wicked beard. Good man. That, about time I got a decent man on here with a beard. It's only only one. So, um, yeah, mate. Every, every, every now and then when I'm driving down the road, because I've got the old Toyota aircon going, you know, the windows down. <laughs> and um, the beard flicks up in my eye. I'm like, oh, I'll cut that when I get home. I just can't do it. Nah, you can't. I, I had mine a really long uh, a while ago, and it, 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 you know, I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to it. And I've always, I've had a beard ever since. It's it's trimmed, but it's um it's still enough to do the old twirl. So. Oh, that's, that's the important thing, yeah. Sort of use it like when, I, when, I'm, when I'm driving, like long distances and stuff, you know, it's just my thinking, you're thinking, cat. Thinking, you know? yeah, yeah. So, so Alex, where, um, where did it all start for you? We, we had a bit of a chat before we went on, but um, tell us where you started. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm born, born in Darwin, and I grew up in a little town called Cashin just down the road. I'll, if anyone hasn't heard of it, it's sort of the crossroads to the Territory. You can either head out west or keep going north and south, and you can head out east to um, like Kakadu and all that kind of stuff. Like you can base yourself in Cashin and pretty much cover the, the whole of the top end, you know. So you're, um, you're in God's country? Yeah, mate. It, it, when I say I'm from Cashin, it's a bit of a lie. I'm actually from Arnhem Land. So. No, even better. Yeah, I just I went to school in Catherine and um, I went to school with a lot of really good outfitters and, and hunters as well there that are now doing really well for themselves. I'm a bit jealous. <laughs> yeah, you know, life takes us down our little separate roads. But um, yeah, so so I'm from Catherine and um, yeah, pretty much I've been going bush with Mum since I was about three weeks old. Wow. So yeah, I was going with her the other night. She always likes to remind me because I, you know, mum's always proud of their baby boys. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, dad, dad, my dad was a professional hunter. He he worked with um, uh, a lot, a lot of the well-known outfitters up in the territory, like the safari guides and that, uh, Bob Penfold and that. So when I was about three weeks old, she used to head out to uh, Good Parlour Station, which is now. 
Kakadu National Park. Wow, okay. Well, it's the, it's the third stage because when they did it, they did it in stages. And um, I think it's expanded again since. But, yeah, it's the third stage of Kakadu. And that's, uh, if any any listeners want to ever go and have a look, it's um, Gunlon Falls, um, which is used to be UDP Falls, which is Uranium Development Projects back in the day before it was handed back to national parks. So, yeah, they used to run safaris all in there on the stations in the valley. They're a good part of the valley. So, mate, what what were you um, in the safaris? What were they hunting up there? A bit of, bit of pig and a bit of buffalo? What a, you know, a bit of barrow fishing? What was the what was the go up there with the safaris? Yeah, um, well, the old boy, he, uh, he used to get a lot of the big, big trophy buffalo that you see for his contract guiding. So he was contracting out to the outfitters, and he'd get he'd get a lot of the buffalo, a lot of their trophies, um, scrub bull. He would go up to Coburg Peninsula, do bangtang. Bangtang. Um, yeah, mate. I love that. He, loved, but he loves bangtang. He, he reckons it's like hunting. It's like hunting dangerous game that a deer. Yeah. Yeah, because they 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 got soft pads. They got soft hooves. Yeah. Okay. So when they're getting around the bush, they, and uh, the old bulls will actually get pretty aggressive, and they'll actually actively hunt you. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he's he, he shot a few trophy bulls off of clients and other guides after stuffed up shots, and yeah. So he, he loves it. That's that's proper adrenaline stuff. The bang bang. Yeah. Okay. This this is a dumb question, and I probably should have the answer to it. But a buffalo and a bang bang, they're very alike. But what's the difference? Well. I'm, Buffalo is was an Asiatic bull buffalo. Yep, yep. Right. So you know, now we're going to throw like a curveball out and talk about genetics. Um, <laughs> you, know, you got you got the Cape buffalo in Africa. Ah, uh, yep. Right, and so you'd think the Cape buffalo and the Asiatic bull buffalo are closely related, but they're actually not. The Bangtang, which is also known as barley cattle, um, they're more genetically related to the Cape buffalo in Africa than the water buffalo. Okay. So it's a, when you look at like a bangtang, it's sort of a cross between a, a buffalo and a and a bull, I suppose, like a cattle beast. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're they're very different. They have a huge chest, huge dorsal. A dorsal fin goes right down their back. It's massive, man. Like there's a, there's another animal called the guar, which is over in Indonesia and all that Asia, and it's it's actually in. Um, endangered I'm, I'm not sure if it's extinct yet but it's endangered and the bangtang and the guar are related now the guar is massive man yeah like if you look it up yeah anyone want to have a look look up a, a guar i think it's g-a-u-r and yeah or maybe an e on the end but anyway yeah it, yeah so the bangtang sort of like a little species unto itself especially in australia you know like there's nothing like it yeah okay, okay. yeah so they're they're harder to hunt than a normal buffalo yeah, yeah, I've, I've actually never, never had the chance to hunt hunt a bangtang. Tell you the truth, yeah, um, that was my old man's side, and I just never got the chance to go up to Coburg and and, and hit them. But yeah, he 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 loves the hunting the bangtang. Like they're they're a lot more challenging, and and they're they're like a deer, but they're massive, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're dangerous. Yeah. yeah. So so you grew up in, in Kakadu Park, basically. Well, when I, in the early days, yeah, we used to go out to, to the, the western edge of Cat there, yeah, in the good parlour, and then um, and then as the operations moved and they started locking the parks up into parks, you know, and um, we ended up out in Arnhem Land, so okay. we ended up down at uh, Maniella, like I spent a lot of time down there, or Eva Valley. Yeah. And 
um, also Bullman, which is Central Island Moon, and then in my later years of my, my teens and in the adulthood, I was down in South East Arnhem Land, just uh, east of Nooka. Okay. So, yeah, we've done, we done a lot of time in Arnhem Land. Um, I've got a skin name. I've been adopted into the tribes up there. Well, not every tribe, obviously, yeah. but yeah, there's a few, few families there where I've actually got like what they call an uncle father. Oh, wow. And uh, I've got grandfathers. Like, I've got a whole... Like I've got my my Caucasian family, and then I've got my Aboriginal families. Yeah, and, that's that's um, really awesome. I like that's that's cool. Let's keep going with that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit different, and it's hard. I, I come over to Queensland in two thousand and eleven. I was chasing the coal boom. I, I'm in the mines. Like I've been in the mines for a few years now. Yeah. And um, I loved it when I first got in there. You know, rah rah, and now it's killing me slowly. But it gives me the chance to hunt and be a father too. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a bit, it's, it's good like that. So you're, well, well, yeah. Are you married? Yeah, I'm not married, but you know, I'm not as well. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. You've got how many kids? How many kids you got, mate? Yeah, I've got two little kids, a five-year-old and a two-year-old that yeah. are running me ragged. Running me ragged. Yeah, take them out hunting. Yeah, I've got the girl, I've got her excited, I've taken her on about two trips, so. Yeah, it just but, gets, um, gets a bit hard when you start stalking, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah, mate. I, I, said, I even just said, like, I saw a big pig, you know, on her first trip ever, and I just said, she's probably just four of them. And I said, just stay in the Toyota, bud, don't, whatever happens, just stay in the Toyota. And I got <laughs> out, and I'm, I'm, off I am after this massive piggy, big body pig. Yeah. And off, off I went, and all I heard was, Dad! Yeah, I'll get in trouble if I buy the ex if I told the story about my my daughter. Um, yeah, better not tell it. No, no, we're not going to say. We're not going to. I don't think she, I'm. I'm confident she doesn't listen to it. But yeah, no. I, I took her out with the old boy, and we got this mangy old little. Oh, I think it's a little boar. Oh, he, he looked old, but he just looked so out of nick. Anyway, the dogs had him sorted. And, um, and um, anyway, dispatched it with the... Uh, we are using a spear at the time. Dispatched it, and um, she went home and told my my ex that uh, Daddy hooked the pig. So um, that was a, a bad conversation over the dinner table when... Um, I got told, uh, you, t- you took a hunting. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I took a hunting. So that wasn't a very good conversation when I got, when I had the, yeah, a few, few swear words were flying around. But, um, yeah, yeah, daddy, ho- daddy hooks the pig with the, with the knife. So, yeah. um, anyway. No, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. My, well, my message, she's, um, she's from inner city, Sydney of all places. Talk, talk about opposites. Yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. So, um, but, so she's a non-hunter. Yeah. And uh, we actually met up in Kakadu. I was working at uh, Rangy Uranium Mine back in the day when I was in Full Crank, and she was a bar manager in one of the little resorts where we had our accommodation. Yeah. And um, unbeknownst to us, you know, one thing led to another, and we're on again, off again, and the next minute we've got two kids and living together, and, you know, life's, all, <laughs> life's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, she, she was a non hunter. I'm not an anti hunter, just a non hunter and uneducated. Yeah. She just hadn't been exposed to that way of life, you know, and her vision of all the guys that she'd ever gone, like, you know, like, gone and said g'day to and gone fishing with or whatever, they were, they were the rednecks, you know? Yeah. Um, they were the sign-shooting sort of hit a bird on the road and laugh, that kind of person. I'm sure there's plenty out there, but I'm not one of them, mate. Yeah. And um, 
then she met me and that was her that was her that was her the impression she had yeah you know and it's taken a lot of years and and a few trips of me going out and, and the, the, the footage the filming and yeah now she's come around so she she doesn't mind i'll take it i'll take little bubby out and yeah. You know, I'm not doing that. She's got a lot of trust in me now because, you know, she knows now. She's been educated a bit. But she's yeah. still not under. But she'd never kill anything herself, even cockroaches. But, yeah, yeah it's um, it's a different world, eh, when you, when you come from that city, city life and you've you, never been exposed to it. No, I, I, I know how you feel. My, my new partner is is a, a non-hunter, but she, she doesn't mind me doing it. But, um, yeah, the, the ex was a, a definite not... No hunting policy. Um, I still went. That's why we're no, not, yeah, that's why we're no longer. That's why we're no longer together. That's why I'm with the uh, the perfect match this time. So yeah, you know, the new one. The new one's great. She um, we go. You know, she'll let me go whenever I need to go and sort out things and yeah, go get some footage. And but, uh, she she understands that I'm only getting rid of pests. Um, yep. You know, and I, I don't I don't like things getting. Yeah, I'm not cruel. It's always very quick and painless. So, yeah, yeah. We, we we I made that very clear to her. That it was always, it's done within seconds. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's what she needed. She needed to understand, and that's that's all it is. It's just it's done in seconds. They don't feel anything, and um, yep. they are a pest. So, and we we eat the deer. Um, I haven't haven't been successful with a deer in a long time. I haven't been out for ages. But um, pig hunting, it's all done quickly, so it's easy. Yep. So. Well, um, I'm, I'm the same. Like, I, um, I rifle hunt only because of my situation. Um, like, I can't have a dog here at the moment. But um, so I rifle hunt, and if I stuff a shot up, and I do stuff shots up, um, especially if I haven't shot for a while, you know, like anyone, that's the other, any, anyone that says I never miss, you know, you can tell straight away that I don't hunt. They don't shoot enough. Yeah. Because you have to be superhuman to not miss. Yeah. Um, and half the blokes that say that just aren't superhuman. No, nah, I mean? that's, that's <laughs> it. My, my, old, my old boy was a roost shooter, and um, he'd take 60 bullets, and he, um, he used to get quite cranky when he missed. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, and he'd probably miss one or two a night, and that was a, yeah. a good night, but like he'd always say, oh, this is the reason why he, yep. you know, and he always had a reason for it, and yeah. some nights he just said, oh, that was just, he, there was one night where he missed a few, and he said, oh, I'm just having a bad night, and, yeah. you know, yep. it's just, you know, and he he was doing it 20 years, so if you've got people saying they don't, they don't miss, they're full of shit, so. Yeah, man, look, if, if I miss, if I miss a, um, like, actually, I'm talking about deer, I'm just balling out of head here now, <laughs> Um, he's, he's not a monster, but he's um he's trophy class. So yeah, but that was one bullet kill. And okay. then I shot um I shot a deer. It took three shots, you know, because I just had an off day. Yeah, and yeah. I could not put that bullet where it, where it was needed, you know. Yeah. And I says it was just I, I, oh, some nights you only have three hours sleep. Like you might get a dough or something, and you up all night like, processing it. Yeah. And a um, few beers, whatever, looking at the stars and just enjoying life. And the, so the next day, you, you bug it, you know, you, and you stuff a shot up, man. That breaks my heart. Yeah. Like, it's about ethics. Like, I, I'm actually really, I come across as a bit gruff and whatever, but man, mm. I can't, I can't handle that cruelty. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't sex suits. You, you know, even, even the old boy, you know, he, he jawed a roo one night and you could even see how, you know, he, he was very. He wasn't happy about it, you know. So, um, 
Yeah, we we don't want cruelty in, in our hunting. We we want a, a quick kill. So back to no, you. So right. you're, you're hunting chittle. You got a you got the boil going behind you. Um, yeah. Chittle head mate, or a, what? What are you hunting up there, up in North Queensland? Yeah, um, I've got got a couple of areas here. I've got one there. I drive about eight hours every week to get to work because there's, there's just not much work out of Cairns doing what I'm doing at the moment. Yeah. So I operate machinery in the mines now. I'm in the coal mines, and um, I was fly and that job sort of fell through, and so now I'm, I've got to drive. So I drive eight hours down to the week Sundays, and there's I've got a block in there. I can hunt some chittle and pigs. Okay. So, um, but. It took me six years to get on there. Wow. I used to live down there, and um, like I said before, I come over here 2011 for the coal boom, and then I think it was about 2013, I think I went and saw them. Yeah. And I asked permission to hunt then, and they said, they didn't say that right now, but they said, you know, come back later, you know, like, can we trust you? I didn't have much of a reputation online or around the place because I hadn't done much over here. Yeah. And um, I ended up back up in Territory for a few years, back on the Buffalo, and I come back, and then I was working for a while, and then, that, like I said, that fell through. And so I got this job, and I just went out there, and I said, oh, oh I don't know if you remember me, you know, like, I come here six years ago, and I asked permission, Rashi, yep, you're all right, mate, you know, like, come on like as long as we can trust you and yeah and then it just started then like i've done a couple of little day trips and just as we go to work you know i'll do a day before we go to work start my swing and then a day after or and then so i've done about four four trips there and now i'm up to doing like four or five day swings you know like just out on the station just shooting chittle and pigs but yeah, I can't, I can't shoot the i can't shoot the trophy stags because they they run safaris there as well oh uh, yep but I can shoot as many chittle does as I want. Um, definitely all the pigs is what I target mainly. Um, yeah. Dogs, wild dogs. And um, every now and then, like I took a one antlered stag. And I can take a nice stag every now and then, but as long as all the meat's utilised, you know, they don't want to see it just the head cut off and put yeah. the paddock through it, you know. Yeah. Do you, so, um, yeah. is there, are, you, are you a bit of a mean cook with the chittle? Well, I'm, I'm getting there, mate. Yeah, I've done, I've done a couple of years over in New Zealand with the old boy, um... So it's been about two years there, and he, he had a fair bit of venison in the fridge and freezer, and, like, over there, too, you can cook the, like, the pigs they catch off the farms. They just take them straight to the butcher or do it themselves, whatever, you can eat them. Yeah. And so um, slowly my repertoire is sort of um, being built, like, but yeah, it's taken a while because I just wasn't exposed to that venison my whole life, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a different kind of meat, eh? Yeah, well, the other night I, I had a... Um, I experimented this time. I cut out the ribs, you know, like the rack of ribs with yeah. the backstrap. Yeah. And I, um, so I seared them on the plate, and I've got to use this stuff called Moroccan Moroccan seasoning just from coals, you know. I chuck a bit on that on. Mm. I just sear it, and then I chucked it in the oven for about 40 minutes, and now she come. Oh, beautiful, mate. I'm still pink in the middle. I've got some photos, actually. I'll put them up later as we go. Yeah. But, um, and probably it's a little video, you know. But, yeah, it's... it's yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah. If you, if you ever ever need help with uh, recipes, go on to Paddock to Plate. Um, yep. And talk to Scotty Fry. He. Um, yeah, I've heard you mention him. He's mates with um, Rasmussen too, Tyson. Yeah, eh? yeah, yeah. Rassi, yeah. He. Um, yeah. I even even I go coast to kitchen. Rassi will have some uh, good little recipes as well. But um, I think from what Scotty has sent me, Scotty is a bit of a. Um, a wild game meat guru. Um, 
there's all these other fellas, but Scotty gets out and does it. You know, he goes out and he, he tries all his ingredients. But yeah, shit. If you want to want some good ingredients and um, recipes, hit Scotty up. He'll he'll uh, he'll help you out with your cooking. Um, I, I'm talking to him um, the other day about um, pastrami. Um, I'm gonna try and have a crack at a uh, bit of beef pastrami. So just a bit of a, a learning curve. I I never really did it when I was a butcher, but I'll um. Oh. I'm starting. I'm starting to water up now. I've got a beer in my hand and cooking a bit like meat. Oh man! Yeah, no, I I I get a bit carried away. I've had the smoker running. We had smoked chicken tonight. Um, we had roast beef smoked the other night. And once you get that flavour that smoked, it's just you can't really beat it. And I I keep going back to it. So I, yeah. I I'm I'm fanging for some from deer meat as well, so I can. Start um start trying to smoke her and get some better flavors because I I'm the same I I never grew up cooking deer meat and we've got we've got the big red deer up here and a lot of people hate it but I, I cook a mean I cook a good mean curry with the um yep. with the deer meat but I, we cooked a bit of I fill it one night Dad and I and it come up really good so you you, you got to play around with it but it's just one of those things you just got to knock around. Um. Just like well, I called the old boy up, you know, like well, he's originally from New Zealand, but like he's hunted around the world, so he's 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 a lot of a lot of the game in Africa, like the antelope and stuff, is just like venison. Oh, okay. And so he's done a lot, you know, everywhere, you know. And um, I call him up and I get a bit of advice off him, and it's stuff like just as simple as um, like a backstrap roast, you know, like you might chuck it on on the frying pan and just fry the whole. Like sometimes I'll just fry the whole backstrap up on a front like the the flat hot. And um, like hot and fast, you know. And then um, I'll call him up and he said, Oh, why don't you wrap it in in bacon? Like, go back to the old faithful. Yeah. Wrap it in bacon, fry it up just a little bit. Oh, no, sorry. Wrap it in bacon, put it in the oven, and then um, only cook it for half an hour on about 180 degrees. Then wrap it in oil foil, put it in the fridge for about two or three days, then pull it out, break it up, and fry it. And right. just something, something like that, and I did it, you know, and it was just mouth-watering, just, it just melted. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's like that heat, sort of that half-cooked, it sort of like ages it again. Yeah, it kind of cured the meat too, wouldn't it, with the um, the bacon? Yeah. Yeah, because we... we frying, you know, that's all that flavour's locked in there, and then that frying is, that's yeah. it, then it's hot, then it's ready to go, you've killed the bacteria and get into it, you yeah. know, it's <laughs> yeah, the old, the old boy and I did something similar to that. We used uh, backstrap, we wrapped it in bacon, but we put a um, can of garlic and tin tomatoes with it, and um, it came up all right. Come up all right, you know. You, you could see the redness from the brine into the sink into the meat. You know, it was pretty good. But I, I should have fried the fried the eye fillet off first. But it was, yeah, well, that, that, that tomato. Um, would have like that acidity in it. Yeah. In and Break it so down. I, a bit the same. I put a bit of garlic. I don't use a tomato, but I put like a garlic paste over it. Yeah, yeah, we're the same. Yeah, yeah. That's I know. I know what you're saying, but I've never tried that tomato. But I can I can see how that would have worked. Yeah. But I I reckon you do your method. Chuck it in the um, fridge for a couple of days, and then fry it up with tomato. I reckon that'd come up all right. Bit of onion. Yeah. Bit of onion and. Yeah, she's a goer. So, so what are you, what are your, um, what bang stick are you using for your gun? Oh, your gun. What, what gun you got, mate? You, you're shooting these deer with and the, and the pigs. 
Well, um, well, this is this is a part of my thing too, and I, I probably don't portray it as well as I should, but um, because I'm in the mines, and a lot of people in the mines, they just they get stuck in a rut. Yeah. And they go to, they go to work and they go home. They get drunk and they go to work. <laughs> and um, I can understand that. I did it in my younger days. Except I didn't just go home. I'd get in fights and carry on. And um, so I thought, well. And then they go, I don't have the time and I don't have the money. And so, and I ask a roundabout way to answer your question. So I focused on using the one caliber. Yep. Uh, which is a three oh eight. I use a. Uh, uh, it's a CZ American 450 in the 308. Yeah. It's got the ejectable mag, and I'm pretty sure it's the first ones off the line after CZ brought Bruno out. Okay. So it's got the, it's still, it's still got a steel mag in it and that, yeah. and a uh, hair trigger on it. Um, and I'm actually not a big gun nut, believe it or not, but yeah. and we'll get into that a bit later. But yeah, that's what I use. And I use that on everything from Buffalo right down to my deer. Really using a buffalo too, do you? Oh yeah, mate. But I don't. I, I'll put this as my little safety clause here: do not try it unless you've hunted buffalo before. Yeah. yeah. Use, use uh, overgun is is good for buffalo. Overgun three seven five upwards. Just yeah. Um, I get into I get into bow range on buffalo with the three oh eight, and I use one eighty grain soft tips. Yeah. And then yeah, but if you can't drop everything in Australia with the three oh eight, you haven't practiced enough. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like, and that's all it is. It's not a, I'm better than you or whatever. So just it just comes down the time in the field yeah. and getting your practice in. And um, I found that there was a, a, a culture with the with, with the deer. Sorry, I use a 150 grains. Yep. Yep. And even that, that's probably too much. Um, um, if I do a chest shot, that's it. The, the carcass is buggered because it, it goes through the guts. Yeah, and it just just smashes them. But yeah, if he's like through the shoulder or the neck, perfect. But um, yeah, I found there was a culture in the bow hunting, the bow hunting community because I did a little bit of that back in the day, not much, but I did a little bit. And there was a lot of ego, yeah. and I, I can't I can't just knock the bow hunters because the, the 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 rifle hunters do the exact same back to them. But it's like we're better than the rifle hunters because we get up close and it's more personal. Yeah, and then the rifle hunters are like, oh, you know, like. What you never grew up, you're still scared of big noises, you know, <laughs> that kind of yeah, attitude. All that crap, yeah. And and so I, I sort of I sit back and I don't I don't get into it online, but I do read it, I do see it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll stuff it, I'll start getting into bow range <laughs> with a rifle, you yeah, know, because yeah. I can do it. It's not every time, obviously, it is hard going, and, and sometimes I do take a long shot, but um, especially on buffalo, so I'll get into. Oh, you know, the closest I think I've been in is probably 10 yards on a bull and just shot him. Fucking hell. <laughs> you know, but we're 180 grain, like yeah. straight through the shoulder. You poke him in the eyeball and give him a pat before you shoot him. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and, you know, what the, the sad thing about it was, because I do everything on my own at the moment, um, no one to film it. You know, but the point is, is that I, I know I can do it. And that was like, so I'll, I'll try to use that caliper for everything. So next up, I think uh, there's camels down there too. I'll try to get into some camels soon. Yeah. Um, so the next big game would be camels. Yeah. Um, probably the only thing that I wouldn't use a 308 on, unless I had backup, 
um, would be the bang bang. Yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd, I'd definitely want bang back up with the bang bang. Um, or or I would actually, I'd actually, I'd actually drop drop my own principal and I'd go a bigger bang stick for them because I want to yeah. come home alive. You know? <laughs> yeah, or you want a big big tree beside you to go up. So. Yeah, man. Um, oh, but yeah, so yeah, so I use the the three season American tree height. Um, 550 and um and i use the 180 grains on the big animals and the 150s on the smaller yeah nice very nice so and I, I use I, I focus on factory as well um because in the safari industries if you use hand loads um your insurance is void pretty much in oh case really yeah so people gotta look into that you know like i get asked oh why don't you reload and what do you do this so i said that one it's out of habit um, two, we actually live in a, and this is where I go with just the average man and his excuses, you know. We live in a, we live in a second story apartment in Palm Cove. Yeah. Um, two yeah. bedroom with, with four people in there, like two little kids and two adults. Yeah. And so I've got no room to reload. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I use the Winchester PowerPoints and they have never failed me. Like I was using, I don't, I don't really want to mention brands, but I will, but I was, I was using the Federals and I was just having bullet failure after, like projectile failure after projectile failure. They was breaking up. They weren't holding together, okay. especially on that, especially on that heavy skin game like Buffalo. And yeah, they just fail on me every time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I actually lost a couple of bulls and I was close up within 20 yards, hit them through the shoulder. Nah, just and like a buffalo when he gets his adrenaline up, you you know, you got a hard time stopping him. Yeah, yeah. And so I need a projectile at work. So yeah, so I use those those type of factories, but yeah, they've never failed me. The old Winchester. Okay. So so yeah. you, you drive from Cairns, uh, sorry, Cairns to with Sundays. How, how often do you get back over to Catherine or up to Arnhemland? Uh, not as often as I'd like. I, I actually I hadn't been home for just under four years, and I uh, went home last year and caught up with my old girl. She lives just south of Darwin there in Batchelor, like Litchfield National Park. Yeah, okay. So I hadn't been home for just under four years, but the last time I'd been up there in Arnhem and kicking around, I was shooting buffalo like you wouldn't believe it. I was, I was getting probably a trophy every second day. Oh, um, and um, that was 20... 2015, 2016. Yeah. Okay. How how are the pig numbers up there? More buffalo or more pigs? Nah, more. Well, I was hunting there at the time. There was more buffalo, and to get a pig, it didn't matter how big he was. It was a trophy, you know, like that was that rare. Yeah. Okay. But that was southeast Arnhem Land, but as you go further north into the swamps and the floodplains, um, yeah, the numbers pick right up. Yeah. 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 You'd be a bit worried with the crocs up there when you when you're trundling around the. The creeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, now, uh, when I first moved over here, my missus is a little beach bum, yeah. and I was terrified of the ocean. Like, it took me about three or four years to put my little toe in the ocean because of living up in the Territory. Oh, I don't blame you, mate. Freaking hell. But because I was from inland, you know, and I was from remote areas, it yeah. wasn't a... I wasn't used to the ocean itself. I'm more used to the rivers, creeks, and springs. Yeah. And even then, like, going to start a water pump in the morning or something, you uh, just the vibrations, they like the vibrations, they get attracted to the vibrations in the pickup hoses. Yeah, yeah. And um, then, they, then they learn your habit, what time, so, we, you know, you're always staggering your times when you go to the water's edge, and you're always going to a different spot, and, yeah, it's, you're going to be on the ball, away. Yeah, it's a, that sounds a bit, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not a fan of the old crocodilian, I've, um... <laughs> 
I was watching that Matt Wright on YouTube the other day, and he's got he's got about oh, nine or ten of them in a um up in this. It's obviously his place. He saved them from getting shot, and um, they've got a, a watering hole there. It'd probably be about oh, ten by ten, not even that, like ten by three wide. So ten long, three wide, and these things are sitting in there, and you could not see them. You, could, yeah. you would not see them at all. You know, you you jump in there, and it's all over. It'd be all over if you were. Yeah, yeah, man. We yeah. went to that, um, I took my little girl, before, before the blue was around, um, I took my little girl, she was 11 months old, and um, we did a trip, like, I'd done, done a season out in Arnhem Land, and just by myself, you know, I was just, just relearning the skills that I'd sort of forgotten over a couple of years out of the out of the industry, and so I'd, I'd done a season on the buffalo and pigs and whatnot, and they come over for a trip to Darwin, and um, my partner and I, we just like, we'll go around Kakadu, and with the baby, you know, like all our spots where we met and, you know. Yeah. And um, we ended up going into that uh, uh, Crocodilus Park. Oh, yeah, the one in Darwin. Yeah, yeah, because you've got Cocosaurus Cove on Mitchell Street in the city, and that's good too, but the Crocodilus Park is the original zoo sort of thing um, with a Graham Webb. Okay. Um, he started up, I'm pretty sure it was Graham Webb, yeah. And um, – I remember going there when I was a little tacker with my dad, and they just opened, and they had the tigers roaring and alligators and all this. There's actually quite a little. They're, they're both both little facilities are really good. Crocosaurus Cove and Crocodilus Park. Yeah. The same thing, man. They got to walk way over these uh, holding ponds. Yeah. <laughs> you walk over these ponds, and you look you you look down into them, and they got the history of the croc and his name, and you know all the stats and that, and just. Even just being that close to these big, big crocs, man, like their head is as long as like one of these V8 cruisers bonnets, you know? Like, yeah, stuff like that. black. Mm. They have a big black croc, man. Like, yeah, it puts the shivers up your spine, eh? So you have no chance. No, nah, you wouldn't. Did you, did... You, can, you, you can have the thoughts like, oh, if I got grabbed, you know? I actually had a mate deal, well, not a mate, but a, a, guy we, a, a guy we grew up with, he was killed. Yeah. Um, in the Mary River, the yeah, I don't know the, the details and that, but apparently they had a dare. Who could swim across the other side from the little picnic area and then back again? You know. That's not a very smart dare, is it? <laughs> no, it was the Mary River is one of the biggest breeding, was the biggest breeding area for saltwater crocodiles in the world. Like, so yeah, mm. there was a five, I think five metery. He'd been spotted there the morning that morning on the opposite bank, and yeah, so they made it across. And then on the way back, he got grabbed. Mm, see you later. No, that was it. Yeah, never. Yeah, that, uh, you know. So that's when you got that sort of stuff going on in the environment. You sort of yeah, you're a bit wary around them, mate. No, I, I wouldn't even give him the opportunity. No. <laughs> no. But uh, yeah, that was that was one of the things I come over to Queensland and they oh I saw this croc, you know, rah rah rah. Yeah, yeah, sweet. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, it's only a juvenile. <laughs> but, yeah, it's only but a baby. Even a little, even a little one will hurt you, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, yeah. So, mate, yeah, we're talking about the conservationist bit. You're, you get into that a fair bit. Like, I've watched a lot of your videos and stuff. And you you know your stuff, like you know your trees. And, you know, like, who, who taught you all that? Because I, I was I'm watching a video the other day, or, gee, a couple of months ago now. And you're talking about this tree and, you know, what what pig comes here and what, you know. It was, it was just really interesting, like, how you looked at the land and how I would look at it. It would be two different things, you know. So who, yeah, who, yeah. who, who taught you that stuff, mate? Well, a lot of 
is um is is book learning. You know, I've got I have my little field guides that go around. Um, like that's where you start bare basics if you got nothing else. Yeah. But I re- like so they're always in my tire. I little field guides for whatever area area I'm in because a lot of it like I, I forget a lot of things too. Yeah. And I'm I'm cramming knowledge all the time. Every trip I try to learn another tree. But it started with the Aboriginals in Ireland. Yeah. And like I'd go out, and it's not actually the men so much; it's it's the aunties, it's it's the it's the women. Yeah. So if you're interested in learning bush tucker and uh, bush medicine and survival sort of stuff, you, you're better off going out and you make friends with Aboriginal men, and then you, you start talking with Aboriginal women, and you sort of earn their trust. And it it might take you years, but once you once you've got the trust, then you start going out with them. Yeah, and if if you if you show interest from day dot, and like the day you meet them, like you're not in their face, you know, like but you say, oh, what's this tree doing? Well, you just ask a question here and there, they pick up on that. Yeah, and they'll start. You go out for a trip, and they might they'll just rub a leaf, you know, like, and then they'll tell you. They'll say this this does this. Yeah, and then and so if you if you if you start, they have a different. The Aboriginal people have a, their, their, their minds work a different way there, but if you show them a shape and then you put like a whole bunch of shapes together, mixed in and jumbled, they can pick that shape out, no worries. Like they just remember that. Well, that's how they, they remember the lay of the land really well. They remember images and shapes better. Yeah. And so if you go out there and, and they'll laugh at you because they'll show you something and you won't remember it, see? And, but like to them, if you showed them one thing, you know, and it was to do with survival or, or culture, they remember that. Yeah. And so that's where it started, you know. It was just constantly going out and just shutting your mouth as well, and, yeah. which is hard for me, like a lucky, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but you shut your mouth and you sort of you just ask a few questions or you just grab a leaf and you just rub that. And depending on who you're with, you know, like they pick up on it and they'll start showing you. And, and it's just a slow process, man. And then it's up to you, you know, like you go in and you're like, oh, what's this soap tree? The soap tree, like they showed me the soap tree, you know? Yeah. And it's also a fish poison and, you know, so like you can stun the fish in the water at the end of the dry season if you're hungry. Yeah. And you, so the fish will float, you know, so then you go back, you're like, well, that's, uh, you know, a silky oak or whatever. And then you look in at it, it's Alpha Tony Excelsior. And then you, you start looking on the white fella side. And, um, yeah, so that's where it sort of started, man. It's, it's still an ongoing process. So I don't think I'll ever stop learning, but also, also, um, everyone will know Les Hiddens, old bush tucker man. I was man. just about to say that you could be the next bush bush tucker man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've watched any chunky bush pick videos yet. I'll oh. put one up for a while. No, I uh, watched it all, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, go- I'm going for a mix between the bush tucker man and Russell Coit. <laughs> uh, if if you're anything like bush tucker man, mate, I'll be watching because I I've watched everything that he has. I've I've got all all. Dad's got all these things, and I'll just steal Dad's stuff. But um, yeah, like let let us, you know, Les is genius. Um, yeah. So you know, I used to watch that um, uh, Malcolm. Oh, what was his name? Malcolm Douglas. Malcolm Douglas. Yeah, Malcolm yeah. Douglas. Yeah. Malcolm. I, don't, I don't I don't remember too much of his stuff compared to Les Hiddens, but I think I think um, Les covered more country. You know what I mean? Like a, a wider range. Yeah, Les did a lot of um, lot of explorers, and he did a lot yeah. of um, you know like Mitchell and uh, Leichhardt and 
Um, yeah, the Dutch settlement. Yeah, Dutch settlement, Jackie Jackie and all that up through the north Queensland and in yeah. Darwin where um Malcolm was based in uh, was it what's Brew I think he was up that yeah, way. He was yeah. yeah. But yeah, um yeah, but, they but both they both were great to watch. Oh yeah. I like, I like I watched both of them and then like in the in the safari side of the world like where I grew up, like I, I learned I learned the finery sort of stuff like yeah. You know your table manners and um, all, like that all comes into it. It's not just going out there and killing. Like you got you got to know you got to have your manners. You got to you got to know how to speak with clients. Like because they're paying twenty grand upwards US dollars, you know, for a seven day hunt. Say as an example. Yeah. Um, and so like on, that, on the safari side of things, I learned that trade. And that's the, the the spotting the animals, the knowing the animals, the genetics. Um, you know, like, just even evaluating a trophy. You see a lot of fellas on these online forums, man, I see it all the time, and they're all experts. And they're like, oh, I've got this 100-point bull, and you look at it, and you oh, mate, like, however you're measuring that, you must have started at 10 inches. Because <laughs> what comes into it, eh? And then as, as I was sort of getting older, I was like, well, I want, and hanging out with the Aboriginal people, I was like, well, I really want to learn all that. Yeah. And so... The safaris give me the opportunity. It put me into the areas and it put me in contact with those sort of Aboriginal people that I, you know. And then you'd have a white fella come through from bloody New Zealand and he's got dreadlocks and shit and he's just like this survivalist expert, man. I'm a like, holy shit. Like, you just meet some random people, but they know yeah. their stuff. Yeah. And it's because they're passionate about it, you know. Like, yeah. So I think one of the videos you probably watching might have been, I did one on a cluster fig. Yeah. Uh, which is Ficus race Mosa, and then um, was the black bean. Um, uh, that, like I said, I'll hit, a, I'll hit a rock later, and I'll remember that scientific name. Castanus uh, <laughs> yeah, it's something. But yeah, they they the pigs love them, mate. Yeah, yeah. And is it a, is it a fruit, mate? It's a fruit, isn't it? Yeah, the, the black beans are actually extremely poisonous to most mammals, but they they eat the flowers. Okay. And it's something I noticed, and it's not just, like, I was up in Cape York, I just got access last year into Cape York, finally, it was taking a lot of years, you know, yeah. and um, I got up in there, and I was I was hunting during a dry season, and they started flowering, and, like, it's like snow, but it's red, you know, okay. it comes out of the trees, it's a real fine little flower, and it just, when the wind blows it, and they're ready to drop, it's just like a red snow, Yeah. and um, I was sitting there on the riverbank, just above a massive cock slide of all things going, how am I going to get, get across this little stream where they're getting eat, eaten, you know? Yeah. There was a mob of pigs on the other side, and they were snorting and snuffling, but they weren't rooting. Okay. They, they, weren't, they weren't actually digging. And I was, I was watching them through the scope, and because um, I, I actually don't own a pair, a pair of binoculars anymore. I, I, I broke them. So I was watching them through my scope. And when I finally got across the other side, I went to make sure what I was seeing was right, and there was no roots, so they hadn't dug into the ground at all. But you could see where they'd been snuffling along and picking the flowers up. Yeah, okay. That's, and, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, and I, I shot a little sow off that same mob, and when I opened their jaws, there was all these red flowers in their teeth, you know? Yeah. That's... And so just it's just stuff like that, like, yeah, it's just the, the observation, you just got to sit there and watch. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm guilty of it because I, I, I work in a production environment, so I'm like, go, 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 and I actually have to get out there and just take a deep breath, man, like you got all day. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm very guilty of that, um, you know, and that's just because of how 
you know, the way I was brought up with hunting, you know, it's you're there to make a dollar. So yeah. it was it was go, 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 you know, so yeah, time is money is what I used to hear all the time. Time yeah. is money. Yeah, that's that's how it was too, you know. Yeah. yeah. It was always a good adrenaline rush too with the dogs dogs and hunting wise for you know, making a, a few dollars for dad, but it was at the same time it was I look at it now and there are a couple of couple of instances there where I did actually take my time and I you really remember those points. Um, yeah. You know, like yep. there was I remember one afternoon I went for a walk along the creek and I found a mob of pigs down this hole, um, like big dugout where this water was. And I sat there for five minutes and I just watched them. It was just really interesting just to watch how they were. And, uh, yeah. Obviously, I woke them up rudely, but um, yeah. <laughs> you put a dog on them, they get up pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it was just really interesting to watch how like the the boar was just sitting in the water and he just he had his head under the water for a little while. The sows were just half in, half out. It was just really, really fascinating to watch. Yeah. So. That, that mob there on that occasion, um, that was the first time I observed that particular, um, like, you know, flower being eaten by them. But, um, like, I watched them, like I said, because I, I didn't have a choice, you know. I was like, I'll, I'll pull a shot off now, and uh, I'm not a sniper by any means, and, and, and stuff a shot up. Or do I try and work out how to get across this river, you know, without getting eaten by this fucking, this big crop, man. <laughs> the slide was massive. <laughs> and, um, and so I didn't have a choice, you know. I sat down and watched. And same thing, I watched that boy. He was a big ginger boy. Yeah. He had a bit of red in him. And he was smashing everything. Like, he, like these little sows were just trying to have a feed, and he'd go up and he'd have a sniff, and he'd just flog the shit out of their ass end, you know? Yeah. And, and I was like, well, that's what he does all morning, you know, that boy, is he just looks for something on heat. Yeah, yeah. You know, and when I shot a little sow off her, sure enough, she had tusk holes all through her back, you know, through her hindquarters from where this boy had obviously been just doing what he wanted. Yeah. And just that, stuff like that, you that's know? Why, that's why there's 20 million of the suckers, eh? Get that wind, you get that wind right, yeah, you can stay there all day, eh? Mate, I've got a, I've got a video there, I've been trying to, that's why I have to get a new phone, I had to get one today, but I've got a video there on the, on the camera, and I stalk in on three chittle stags bedded up, yeah. in the, in the long grass, you see their antlers, yeah. and, um, take me, it's about 12 minute video, I'll cut it down obviously, but I stalk in right up to 10 yards. Wow. And I'm barking at them, you know, and the wind is just howling towards me, and they they heard me barking, but they because it wasn't clear and precise, they didn't know what it was. No, no, they wouldn't. And like chittle, chittle are like the ghosts, you know, like they they're like because they're they're that fawny colour with spots, and in the grasslands, they they just disappear, man. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. And, um, yeah, for me to stalk in on them, and that's what I mean with the rifle and everything, and you get into bow range, and it's like, well, you know, if you got that wind right, you can get in on anything. Yeah. Have you, yeah, have you got any tips for anyone on that kind of stuff? Uh, in general, man, yeah, hunting, like, yeah, just follow the wind, like, and, and we all stuff it up, and the wind changes and that, but, yeah, just work out where the wind is, because there's... This particular area during the wet season, the wind come and it was pretty. It was pretty constant. It came from the northeast. Yeah. 
you know, and then as the dry season's kicking in, now it's May, so now it's changed. Now it's sort of coming from the southeast. Yeah, okay. And then you'll get a westerly come through later in the year as it starts to heat up. So you just learn, it's, it's all just time and learning your area and, and what's going on. And mm. if you can work that wind out, you can drive you can drive a boundary fence. I shot a pig off a boundary fence out in the open, like no cover. You know, cause I was just driving again like into the wind and I just come up behind him, he didn't even know I was there, you know, like it's just that easy. Yeah. So yeah, wind, you learn your wind. Wind in your face and all that kind of stuff. Oh man, like and it's and and um you can have deodorant on, whatever, you can be smoking cigarettes. I still remember my old boy, we'd be walking through the bush on the trail of a trophy and he'd have a cigarette hanging out his mouth. <laughs> yeah, and that's how he checked the wind. Yeah. And as soon as that wind changed, he'd stop, reassess, go again in a different different angle, you know. Yeah. And so the wind, the wind, the wind, you know, especially if you're a bow hunter, the wind. Yes. Um, using the sun as well, like I use a lot of the shadows, like if the sun's coming up and stuff, I'll try to stick in the shadows and keep and keep the sun, I'll keep my, my shadow below the other shadows so I'm not casting. Yeah. Because um, chittle deer, like chittle deer themselves, you know, they've got actually really good eyesight. Same as same as every other animal. Like a lot of people think things are blind, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of these animals have still got good eyesight, and they'll pick up those movements. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, I hunt, I hunt in the shadows, and uh, always checking under bushes, especially for pigs, because I'm a rifle hunter. Um, every single bush, you'll find pigs where you wouldn't even think pigs exist, which if you use dogs a lot, you probably know. Yeah. Um, and I, so I shot a pig the other day on a boundary fence. There's no water for about five kilometres either direction, you know? Weird, eh? And he's just out there snuffling along early morning. Well, not even early morning, it was mid-morning, and um, he's probably going to bed up somewhere. Oh, I saw that one. That was a good pig, too. Yeah, so... Yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot of little tips like that. Um, I still stuff up, and I'm still, every trip I learn something, you know. Like, it's, um, a lot of it's your mindset, too. Like, if you think you know everything, you, you don't know much at all, you know. Yeah, that's it. Always, always learning, eh? Yeah, man, like, a lot of these fellas um, that I follow on Facebook, and um, I've also seen that, like, you've done podcasts with them and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Um, since, you know, and I was sort of following them before that, and, like, I'll, I'll look at what they're doing as well, and you know, what kind of camo are they wearing? You know, yeah. what, what's that country that they're hunting in? You know, I'm not, I'm not there to, to go to that country, but yeah. that's just that's how you sort of that's how I learn anyway. You're like, well, he's using that kind of that pattern in the camo, and that's that kind of country. You know, so if I get an area that's similar, yeah. Well, yeah, usually I hunt in a khaki shirt and stubbies, man. <laughs> so it's, right. normally that's me as well. Yeah, ruggers and thongs and a yeah. Can't, yep. do that, can't do that anymore, but yeah, that's what I normally used to wear. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, so there's, and there's, there's no real right answer except the wind. The wind, <laughs> the wind. the wind will give you away every time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because the wind covers sound, smell, sight. You know, if you've got a lot of grass waving in front of you and you're wearing a breakup camo shirt, it's going to be hard to see you than if you're wearing a solid khaki shirt or a high-vis work shirt, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I know exactly that, what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, as far as like you under the big game and stuff like that, yeah, only moving their heads down. Okay. Like, like I said, or if they're looking the other way, you know, like just just general stuff like that everyone should know. And 
it's, it's a dying art form, I've found. Like, you've got the guys that are doing really good and I like, look up to a lot of guys there. And I was like, man, I wish I could get animals like you, or, you know. And then you, you look at what they're doing and just emulate it. Go try it, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's just have a go. As long as, as long as it's ethical, yeah, go and try it yourself. You know, like animals are still going to be there. We're never going to get rid of the ferals. No. So you're, you, there's always going to be a pig in that block. You know, so if you miss one just because you've tried something new, yeah, it might pay off. You might have the best pig you've ever got. Yeah, especially if you start. You know, if you're a, a gun shooter or a bow hunter, you know, stalking and all that. That that's definitely exhilarating. And um, you know, you once you do that, you you kind of crave it, I'm pretty sure, you know, like you, you, you definitely know, you're sneaking up on Buffalo 20 feet away, you know, you, <laughs> yeah, oh, it gets, it gets in you, yeah, that, that, that's just, you know, that, that, that'd get your pump, heart pumping, people like that kind of stuff, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be sneaking 20 feet, but I, I wouldn't mind going, you know, 50 metres from it, and I'd have, I'd have a crack at it, but, um, yeah. Well, see, see, 50 yards would be pretty easy on a buffalo. Um, it depends. It depends on his age and if he's been the cha- same as pigs. Yeah. Um, depends if they've been chased before. Yeah. Because yeah, no. uh, there's an area up here, man. Like I've shot two pigs off out of four trips. Yeah. And oh, oh, like sorry, that's a, that's a lie. I shot six in one trip, but I mean two good bulls. Yeah. Two good bulls out of four trips, and um, the rest are just like sows and that. But that's that's part of what I get on the properties. That's what the owners want, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the thing is, that doggers on there regularly. Yeah. I've yeah. nothing against big doggers, mm. but it does make them switched on. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be pre- yeah. I'd be pretty switched on too. So much chasing my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so every every weekend, it's just out of Cooktown. It's hard country too. It's thick and it's hilly. Yeah. Um, but every every weekend, there's someone goes out with a pig dog. All the Aboriginal rangers are there. They're always got their pig dogs. Yeah. And so to get onto a pig up there, you, you, your adrenaline going. You're like, if I if I, if I snap that twig, is he gonna hear it? Yeah. And you hard can guarantee work, eh? you, you can guarantee you snap that twig and. 90% of them people will hear that, yeah, you know, because they're used to getting chased. Yeah, hard, hard, hard work, and, and you know, you need the patience for it. And getting out and doing it, that's that's the key, I think, getting out there and just doing it. Is, um, yeah, man. Well, the, the other thing, too, is um, you can diesel stalk all you want. Like, most car, most, most areas I go in and I'll, um, I'll drive around all the boundaries. Yeah. And I GPS it. And then um, well, I just got a little Garmin uh, 62S. Anyways, and um, so I GPS all the boundaries, so I know where I am. And because I'm on, um, in some of these areas, I'm on stations over in Queensland. I'm on stations, you know. So yeah. the old, old cocky next door, he doesn't want you going in his, his paddocks. Yeah. And uh, that's because they're all friends too. So if you stuff up, they all know. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I'll, I'll, first up, I'll go on and I'll GPS everything, and then after that, I'll put my game plan together and try to work the wind out. Even when I'm driving, I'm trying to work the wind out. Yeah. And uh, just by watching the dust come off your, yeah, in your rearview mirrors, all that, which way is it blowing, and compared to where you are, what what valley you're in, whatever. And then after that, oh, it's nothing for me to put in twenty kilometres an hour foot. Far out. Yeah. So the other day I did fifteen, but I haven't done it for a while. And I've been drinking beer the last couple of months, so <laughs> it's pretty hard to blew me out. Oh my goodness. Too much um, boiling, mate. Too much boiling heads and not enough walking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's just an average day, you know, like yeah. fifteen kilometres. 
Yeah, it's a long walk. So that's, that's that's on a liter of water. I don't take much more than a liter. Yeah. And that's that's how you you know you you get lucky. You go into areas where you can just diesel stalk and shoot them all day long. But yeah. are you going to get your, your quality trophy or what, what? What are you looking for? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. This, so I can, you'd, I can you'd, go in and I can you'd see so much too in fifteen k's as well. Like you'd see. You yep. learn so much, you know, from birds and trees and all that too, you know, like you take well, well, as, as an example of that, I found a chili bush. Yeah? In the middle of nowhere, like on a station, of course, so it's obviously flowed down from someone's veggie garden at one point. Yeah. In a, in a flood, but yeah, birds like chili bush here going on the side of the river. Wow. How weird Miles that? from anywhere, man. How weird's that? You know, and so you're like, well, yeah, I would have known that if I'd just driven past it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you spot on there, mate. Yeah. yeah. Well, Alex, we'll um, we'll call it off there, mate. We'll we'll definitely. I want to get you back on again because I uh, I know you you can keep going and uh, <laughs> it's 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 really educational and interesting. I um really really enjoyed having you on, mate. And uh, I I'm actually going to get you on pretty soon again if I, if you got time. We'll, I'll get you go yeah. for a few go for a few more hunts and we'll I'll get you back in and we'll have a bit of a chat again. But thank you very much for coming on. Um, oh, thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate it. Yeah. No, no, I'll, 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 I'll talk to you after we, we stop this. But um, how how do we how do we get hold of you, or how do we um how do we watch your stuff, or get involved with you? Because is there you got Instagram or Facebook or what? What YouTube? What do you got? Yeah, I got um Facebook there. It's just my uh pro- it's my private one for the world bushman. It's um it's just Alex Fulton, the world bushman, the world bushman. And uh, anyone can add me on that. Whatever I post everything on there. Like I'm, I'm more of a Facebook sort of dude. And then I've got the Instagram as well, which I'm still, still trying to work out. But that's uh, the Wild Bushman one, just the, the number one. And uh, we'll have a YouTube channel as well, and that's the Wild Bushman as well. Yeah. yeah so that... if you want to check all that out, I put everything up on there. Like um, sometimes I'll have a week where I don't post anything, but most of the time I try to do something every day or every second day. Yeah. Mm. So guys, it's the D H E uh, Wild Bushman um, because I, I you, you type it on Instagram. There's quite a few Bushman wannabes, but uh, yeah. this is the Wild Bushman we're talking to now. So um, yeah, yeah, the Instagram one is uh, the Wild Bushman then one. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the number one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on, mate. And we'll. Um, nah, thanks for having me, mate. I'll, I'll hope I didn't book a year off there, mate. No, I, I, lo- I, I loved it. It was awesome. It's um. Um. Just, just, just as a, a bit of advice for like you asked me before, a bit of advice for um people getting into it um is don't get caught up in the numbers. You know, like you got. I can sit there and talk with people who are very, very knowledgeable, you know, like on the ballistics of the firearm, and they can tell you, like, something's coming out at 2,191 feet per second, and it's hitting with <laughs> so much kinetic energy, and all this bullshit, yeah. and it's, it's not bullshit, it's not, it's, but to me it is, you know, like, it's mm. it's good to know that stuff, but in the beginning, get a firearm or whatever that you got, get a property, and that's the hardest thing you ever encounter, is getting properties and access, Exactly. And, and learn how to shoot. If you, there's no point knowing that something comes out of 2,191 feet per second if you can't hit it. Mm, <laughs> our brain, our brain doesn't work that fast to know that. Like you know, that's not going to matter. Yeah. You need to get out there and actually shoot. Yeah. And um, then later on, when you're learning how to reload and whatever your interest takes you, 
then you start getting into your numbers, you know. Like, don't worry about in the magazines where they're telling you all the numbers. Just, yeah. just get out there and actually do it. No, that's exactly right, mate. Um, very true. And if you need to uh, learn how to shoot a gun or all that, um, I've got a YouTube video for that, and I'm sure Alex yeah. will definitely help you for that too. So um, Yeah, yeah there's, there's plenty plenty of followers out there that are more knowledgeable than myself even, but, yeah, like, that's yeah, it's just and don't be afraid to ask for help or make mistakes, man. That's that's the biggest bit there, mate. Um, I talk about it quite often on the podcast. Is don't be afraid to ask. Um, yeah. You know, I had some idiot today on um, Facebook saying, "Oh, that's not how you sharpen a knife on the sharpening knife." Yeah, uh, I saw that. I saw that little tutorial. And um, I said, yeah. to him, "I said, to him, mate, I was a butcher ten years. I." I'm pretty sure I know how to sharpen a knife, and it's just I don't know. Anyway, there's a there's a there's a hundred ways to skin a cat, or a thousand That's ways. Right. To, you know, like I use a I use a stainless steel. I know guys who use grinders and hollow grinders and belt yep. sanders to sharpen knives. It's it's each to their own. So. You know the way, um, if I were a little parting comment on your video there, um, I didn't know about that twenty cent trick. I just this is just what I use, mate. That's a you know like. You know, like that's, that's yeah. To me, that was just like wow. I, I just learned. I learned something, and then when I looked at the angle of how I naturally hold it, anyway, I was like, yeah, that's about right. I probably hold mine a bit too low, more like a ten cent. But yeah, yeah that that'll get you your edge. And like you know, you're, I didn't. I'm not a butcher, but you know, you, like my my grandfather was. Yeah. And um, he used to take the knives from the meatworks, and he'd, he'd take the handle off them because they were the carbon, and he'd, he'd bury them in the garden. Yeah, yeah, and then and then he'd, he'd get an older one because they were all the same sort of style. They come from the meatworks, so issued, you know. So then he'd get an older one, put old mate's handle on that, and then sharpen them to the perfect edge. And it had something to do with um, the molecules, you know, and putting them in the dirt. And I don't, you know, like there's just so, like you said, so many different ways. That might be a Scotty Fry question. He's a he's a yeah. uh, He's a butcher too, and he's he's pretty knowledgeable on that stuff. So I'll have to ask yeah, him. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I have to go back. I'll go and have a look at that comment. I'll, I'll, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't mind reading a little bit of drama on there. I don't oh, get into it. It makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I got rid of it. Um, I do end up deleting the page because I, yeah, I just no. I just I don't want shit on my, my page. And yeah. uh, he he was just uh he just wanted to be a hero. He was a beef boner and. Yeah, there's a difference between a butcher and a beef boner, and I'm not going to get into it, but... Um... Yeah, you always say, yeah, no, that's all good, yeah. You know, the one thing I've learned, the quickest way to get someone's opinion is post something on Facebook and don't ask. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I don't delete things very often. Um, <laughs> it was just one thing that I, I was just... Um, I wasn't in the mood at the time, and... Um, yeah. Yeah, like, there's... I, I don't... On my page, I look for positivity and you know helping each other and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, if, if you're gonna yeah. be if you're gonna give me negative shit, I'm just you know you're either gonna get taken off and deleted because I'm not gonna deal with that shit because nah. you know like it's just one of those things. But um, anyway, we'll 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 stop this podcast and we'll keep chatting. But um, no, so right, th- th- there you go, guys. So the wild bushman, get on to him, um, and uh, he'll sort you out with any tips and tricks because. The man's a tree of knowledge, if you haven't noticed. But um, there you go, guys. Uh, Alex Fulton, there you go. Thank you very much, mate. Thanks, Lawson. Cheers, guys. Thanks, mate. Remember, guys, remember, follow us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and make sure you subscribe 
on YouTube. Thanks, guys, for listening. I'm Lawson White, and this is Bailing, Scaling, and Barbecue. You, BSB, baby.